chapter three of lady jim of curzon street this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org lady jim of curzon street by fergus hume chapter three lady jim was not at all offended she made every allowance for the querulous temper of old age and still smiled i rather like cats myself she observed casually they know what they want but they don't always get it my dear snapped lady canvey adding inconsequently when the cat's in the dairy she's after the cream i don't think that's an original remark said leah languidly and loosening her furs for the room really was heated like the conservatory in which the lovers talked chinese metaphysics didn't george eliot say something of the sort i never knew him retorted lady canvey wilfully dense you and your chinese metaphysics indeed i won't have it have them corrected leah gently and unable to resist the opportunity lady canvey scowled like the fairy carabus and continued without heeding the impertinence joan is the daughter of lionel's vicar i see and he intends to be the vicar's son-in-law what is that to you news expressed lady jim serenely i never knew such a prig as lionel could fall in love his love is the love of an honest man declared the old dame striking her crutch on the carpet i hope so for the sake of his cloth chinese metaphysics indeed grumbled lady canvey the poor child did not know what you meant she certainly seems to be somewhat dull dull yourself leah she's a sweet-tempered good thoughtful girl oh i didn't mean to say she was so dull as all those qualities imply said lady jim sweetly lady canvey looked wrathfully round for something to throw at her visitor's head but the tea-table was too far away and the old woman prized her cups and saucers finally she took refuge in a spiteful speech she's an honest girl i sincerely hope so seeing she is your companion replied leah not caring to take up so ridiculous a challenge when did you start her leah lady canvey thumped the ground again don't talk slang if you wish to know although i don't think it is any of your business joan tallentire came to me two months ago during which time you have not come to see me i was abroad apologized lady jim stifling a yawn gambling at monte carlo i'll be bound i did meet jim there he lost heavily on the red i won and came home with enough to see me through the last month who were you living on abroad asked the old woman contemptuously lady jim leaned back and placed her muff chain between two very red lips let me think she murmured not put out in the least oh that little dowdy australian woman who is trying to get into society on her husband's money asked me to stop at their villa and you did for four weeks and borrowed money i'll be bound 
lady jim nodded blandly you can't expect me to live with pigs for nothing she said with the greatest coolness you'd live with the devil and borrow from him i believe cried the exasperated lady canvey glaring i do live with one assented her goddaughter but he's a stony broke devil more modern flowers of speech i didn't create the language you can help using it no people wouldn't understand if i talked like lady jane grey or elizabeth fry they were good women but so dull objected lady jim why is it good women are always dull and dowdy they are getting ready for the next world mumbled lady canvey solemnly their outfit can't cost much then declared leah flippantly but aren't we going to talk business think of that poor french sitting in the motor-car all this time you're sorry for him i'm sure said the old woman ironically horribly replied lady jim calmly but at least the poor creature is cooler than i am this room is stifling don't call your fellow sinner a creature leah ah even had i not seen lionel i could guess he had been with you godmother he loves the dirty and disreputable and you love the rich and disreputable that obvious speech is hardly worthy of your reputation was lady jim's reply then she crossed her legs rested her muff on her knee and protested i can't wait here much longer on account of french no but i'm going to dine at the cecil to-night with a boy in the lancers he's a nice boy and a rich boy of course i don't like boys without money but this business she went on hurriedly jim and i are in a hole you ought to be in jail was the angry reply that would be a hole said leah good-humouredly but you don't want to see jim and me in the bankruptcy court why should i bother it's nothing to do with me i'm your goddaughter you're a heartless cat said lady canby angrily and with her eyes scintillating like jewels it's no use leah i've helped you and that rascal jim over and over again applied to the duke oh we've done that he won't give us a penny then ask some of those nice boys you talk of lady jim sat very upright in her chair and a becoming colour heightened her beauty i don't ask any men for money she declared you know perfectly well lady canvey that i am any honest woman and how dull that sounds chuckled lady canvey turning the tables you should be more original leah i don't mind going out to dinner with a man cried lady jim feeling herself much aggrieved nor do i mind a box at the theatre or some gloves or things of that sort so long as jim doesn't object pooh much you care for jim i do jim's got a temper he told me this very morning he'd screw my neck if i broke loose then i respect him for saying it said lady canvey energetically and i'd respect him still more if he did it that's what i said to him retorted leah grimly all the same i am straight enough no one can say a word against me 
i am glad to hear it you have your good points leah observed lady canvey in a more kindly tone but you show your worst side to the world why not turn over a new leaf i am just about to do so and there is bankruptcy on the other side unless you help us dear godmother she ended coaxingly i won't was the firm response it's like pouring water into a sieve i've given you and jim at least five thousand pounds where is it i ask where we must pay our bills you ought to but you don't money will go in ways it shouldn't go snapped the old woman feeling herself mistress of the situation don't talk nonsense to me leah you and that rascal are a couple of spendthrifts the duke bless him started you both with a good home and a good income and now now we're on the rocks as jim cleverly puts it said leah who could not help seeing the humour of the dilemma you didn't think jim was so original did you godmother leah you're impossible i'm sure i don't know why you should say that remonstrated lady jim i must keep up my position it's not as if you had been expensively brought up went on lady canvey unheeding your father was a wasteful pauper for he got precious little off that estate of his in buckinghamshire and what he did get went into his own pocket said lady jim supplementing the family history but as my mother was dead and i was his only daughter he might have treated me better geoffrey wayne was like yourself leah a hard-hearted selfish oh spare me these adjectives interrupted lady jim rising my father is dead so there's nothing more to say if you can't help me at least you needn't call me names i beg your pardon said lady canvey very politely as i don't intend to give you a shilling i have no right to tell you what i think of your doings will you ring the bell please i want joan when lady canvey took this tone leah knew well that the case was hopeless in spite of senile weeping it appeared that the old woman was not so easily beguiled as might have been expected there seemed nothing for it but to leave in silence but remembering how desperate was the position lady jim refrained from ringing the bell and made a last appeal this time on business grounds if you will give me a thousand pounds for six months she proposed my husband and i will pay it back with interest and the security my dear our joint names said leah with dignity ring the bell was all the answer that lady canvey vouchsafed to this proposal and good-night my dear lady jim recognized that she was beaten and nothing remained but to retire with dignity pressing the button of the bell she crossed to lady canvey and kissed her withered cheek with a caressing smile i am so pleased to see you looking so well she said gently but i see signs of failing in your conversation you won't see any signs of lending was the grim response oh here you are joan as that young lady entered the room with lionel at her heels send these people away and read me a chapter out of that new novel which came yesterday 
good-night said lionel bending over the old lady and kissing her hand with the tenderness of a son she twitched it away there there good-night take leah to that miserable creature who is perishing in her motor-car and don't make love to her she is one of those women who are a crown to their husbands lady jim did not wait to hear the old woman's chuckle as she fired this last shot but swept out of the room smiling kindly on miss tallentire the curate followed her and leah began to consider what use she could make of him to farther her plans let me drive you to lambeth she said while arranging her sables at the door lionel laughed lambeth would be shocked to see me arrive at my lodgings in such an up-to-date style said he pulling up the collar of his coat no thank you lady james i'll walk for a time and then take a westminster bridge bus no you won't she contradicted in an imperious tone i wish to talk to you come get in french you can go home but the car my lady i'll look to that do as you're told looking rather apprehensively at the machine which was humming and shaking in the bitter cold french touched his cap and moved away leah stepped lightly in and beckoned to lionel with one hand while she gripped the steering-wheel with the other come along the curate did not display much eagerness to come is it safe he asked you've sent the man away because i want to talk privately with you safe she echoed in a tone of impatient scorn i'd drive a car against edge himself oh very well said kames carelessly and placed himself beside her he was utterly devoid of fear and if there was to be a smash he was not unprepared to enter the next world lady jim gave the wheel a twirl and the car glided through the square under the grey muffling of the fog reckless as she was lady jim had to steer carefully and move slowly lest she should run into something for the fog was a trifle thicker than it had been during the afternoon all the same her keen eyes could see clearly enough and she was not at all afraid cool under all circumstances lady jim would have hummed a ditty on the streaming bridge of a plunging bucking tramp steamer going down in the bitter north atlantic weather lionel marvelled at her composure and wondered if even her dear intellect could grasp the meaning of death and its hereafter but lady jim was thinking of this world rather than of the next and talked of her troubles while steering the car down piccadilly jim and i are in a hole about money she announced abruptly for there was no need to be diplomatic with this simpleton that is not unusual murmured lionel she laughed and nodded no we have both a wonderful capacity for getting through cash now we've got down to what an american girl called the bed-rock and we want help i never knew you when you did not want help said the curate wondering what was best to say and in some ways your want is very dire don't preach lionel money is better than sermons to such as you and jim no doubt but setting aside the spiritual need a sermon on your extravagance would do you good 
i'm afraid not rejoined lady jim putting on the brake for the st james's street incline it would only go in at one ear and out of the other when i want sermons i'll come and hear you preach in that dirty little church of yours meantime you must help to get jim and me out of this scrape lionel was annoyed by her reference to his church but from experience he knew it was worse than useless to argue with lady jim i cannot help you he said stiffly you know my small means bless the man i don't mean you to put your hand in your pocket i am quite aware that the clergy are better at asking than at giving you have no right to say that remonstrated kames warmly we help the poor and needy in that case you have now a chance of practising what you preach lady jim negotiated cockspur street and felt her way along trafalgar square in the hope of hitting whitehall only when the car was buzzing down that thoroughfare did lionel speak i am sitting in a most expensive machine he said indignantly swathed in a costly rug and beside a woman with a fortune on her back in the way of clothes then you ought to be very happy said leah calmly but i'll drop you at lambeth soon and then you can get back to the mud and rags which you seem to prefer my meaning is that if you were poor you could not afford these luxuries nonsense it is only poor people who can afford them the rich make their money by self-denial and wearing clothes which don't fit in houses furnished with the riff-raff of auction-rooms jim and i have been brought up to better things to better worldly things corrected lionel bitterly and very pleasant they are my dear man it is people such as you and your husband who make the poor discontented insisted the curate i am sure i don't see why the poor should be murmured lady jim vaguely there are lots of shelters and soup kitchens and workhouses and i always put ten shillings into the plate on hospital sunday not to speak of the way in which i've danced and sung at performances got up to help people who don't need the money so much as i do nero fiddling while rome burned well and what else could the poor man have done retorted leah there were no fire brigades in those days were there lionel felt helpless you don't understand oh yes i do you mean to be nasty if i were a vindictive woman i would drop you into the river car and all they were crossing westminster bridge by this time but i always like to be nice being nasty brings wrinkles and makes one so old but about our trouble she went on determined to have her own way lady canvey won't help us and no one else either there's the duke he has done enough for you not at all lady jim assured him coolly he's kept us on bread and water that's all oh lionel was shocked at this ungrateful speech and you prefer pate de foie gras and champagne naturally not that i like pate de foie gras they torture the geese to get it i believe and it seems cruel to eat it 
you have a tender heart said kames sarcastically it has been my ruin but this trouble she harked back again to the one subject which occupied her thoughts will you see the duke and ask him to give us say er er well two thousand pounds no i won't you'll only waste it that's so like you parsons said lady jim snappishly we ask for bread and you give us a stone two thousand pounds worth of bread is a trifle too much to ask for not at all i always ask for twice what i hope to get but here we are on the other side of the water i can't take the machine into your dirty little slums get down lionel did so and stepped on to the pavement thank you for the drive said he lifting his soft hat lady jim nodded vaguely won't you speak to the duke kames hesitated he did not wish to appear churlish yet it seemed useless to interfere the duke is very independent he explained i don't think he'll listen to me oh yes he will you're a parson and he is old enough to be afraid of the next world tell him we're cleaned out and get jim and me a thousand and i tell you what added leah generously if you do i'll give you a ten-pound note for your charities though i don't believe in helping paupers myself yet you ask help on that ground oh i mean the unwashed paupers you're so fond of lionel ruminated do you and jim go down to firmingham for christmas yes it will be horribly dull the duke is so fond of that old-fashioned dickens christmas with his holly and mistletoe rubbish but we must keep in with him what of it why not explain your position and-oh we've explained it a dozen times but the duke doesn't seem to understand now you can put the thing to him nicely well said the curate slowly i go to firmingham at christmas to preach so i'll speak to the duke you're a brick cried lady jim holding out her hand i'll come and hear you preach when we're in firmingham i hope it will do you good said lionel shaking hands you think me a prig lady james but i assure you i know you do said leah dreading further sermons but i must get home to dress good-night good-night echoed lionel hopelessly and saw the car glide away into the fog between the lines of blurred lights poor woman he thought turning towards his lodgings how terribly sad her spiritual position is i trust she will get home safely seeing she is so worldly he need not have troubled lady jim reached curzon street in safety and in very good spirits did not a peacock's feather adorn one of the motor-car lamps End of chapter three